Welcome, movie fans, back for another Anatomy of a Movie. Today, we dissect Emma Watson and Tom Hanks' The Circle, so stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, for Anatomy of a Movie as we dissect The Circle. Um, We have quite a panel today. As always, if you're just joining us for the very first time, understand that this discussion is going to be very spoiler-filled. So, if you're okay with that, fine. If you're not, go watch the movie, then come back to us. Um, And secondly, feel free to download our rundown in the description. There's a link. You can click the link, download the rundown, and that way you can follow along. And... We have uh, we have Marissa Serafini joining us as always. Hello, everyone. And filling in today for Dimitri Panos, we have Joelle Monique. Hey guys, super excited to be here. Excellent. I'm excited to be here. However, I wish the movie of which we were talking <laughs> about was a little bit as exciting as I am excited mm. to be here with you guys. Um, let's start with overall impressions. Why don't um, Why don't we start with you, Joelle? We Man, uh, I came for corporate corporate espionage and uh, left with a very confused new leader of a company. I have no idea what was happening for most of the movie or what anyone's motivations were. And yet everyone was acting the hell out of their part. And so at least the actors were kind of fun to watch. Kind of disappointing from the guy that wrote um, Away We Go, which is one of my favorite films of all time. Have you, um, have you read the book? I have not read the book. Okay. Fair enough. Marissa? I haven't read the book, so I didn't really know what the story was about. Um, obviously, we, we all love... Well, I can't really speak for all of us, but most of us love Emma Watson mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks. And, and heck, you even throw Patton Oswalt in there. And I I think you had a good you know lineup, so you already had that appeal to this film. Um, visually, I thought it was pretty fun to watch, especially with, you know, the added social media, and now that we're all just in this generation that's so inundated with technology, I think it was a neat new approach to how they show everything in one location. I thought that was pretty cool to watch. Storyline, I think this movie fell completely flat. Mm. Um, Watching it, it, I was, admittedly, I was riveted at the beginning, and then while I'm watching the film, it just, like, died emotionally it died and then like literally like i'm waiting for all these questions to be answered and we didn't really get them and then at the end i'm like and that's it that's it that's it and then i like i didn't leave the theater with a really good feeling you know because this movie literally fell flat deadline done yeah I, I, for me the movie started off with a tremendous amount of potential, and believe it or not, like I saw the reviews, and in spite of them, I still go into movies, and in this one in particular, with the notion that you know what, I just want—I I don't care what people say. I want it to be good, and I have a belief that it can still be good. Maybe they're wrong. Let me go enjoy this movie, and th- again, it had that potential and had that promise, but it squandered it very fast, unfortunately. Um, and I, from what I've read, and we'll, we'll talk a lot, a lot more about this, but the idea is that technology changes so fast that it's so hard to make a movie mm-hmm. um, about sort of the present in, in that way. You kind of have to anticipate where things are going. And if you think about it, The Circle, the book, was 2013. So that at this point, you know, we're in 2017. And 
it's just so, too too much of a length of period to, to really kind of get it correct. Um, and that's the problem. Like, you have to be a movie like, let's say, a Scanner Darkly or um, Blade Runner, where you just kind of create almost like a different universe that's not... You're talking about sort of a certain sentiment, but at the same time, you create your own side universe as part of that, so you can talk about it. Arrival was sort of the same way. Uh, and this one... Yeah, it just it just fell flat. It didn't answer anything. <laughs> uh, ironically, the few things it did answer, it was so didactic on that I just I just couldn't. I'm sorry, I couldn't. And obviously, a lot of people, you know, usually we save the stuff for the end. But the fact that it got a D plus as a cinema score, yeah, I, I, yeah. that's. Yeesh. Out of the 370 plus movies we've covered here in Anatomy, that's the lowest score we've ever really? had for cinema score. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. terrible. Like, we've that had a C horrible. plus, we've, we've had, had C, C minus. Never for D. D. Wow. I mean, I feel like even for like people who just kind of casually go to the movies, especially for something with this caliber of cast, you really expect to get a <coughs> nice completion in your story. I feel like there were a lot of questions, particularly when we we're getting into John Boyega's character, like, why are you even here? Like, what? What service do you bring to this film? And John Boyega is an incredibly talented actor, and to have him just kind of stand there and give out... I don't even know if I want to call it direction, or like... He doesn't really push her into any kind of space. He's just kind of watching her from the wings the whole time. It was incredibly confusing for someone who started this company to be so hands-off in what is happening within the company. Well... There's that fa- there's that point of it, but he, you know, for for my money, he has that line like, I, "This isn't why I created True You." Mm-hmm. Then what the f is the reason? Can you explain? Right, and like I, I even think the establishment of True You before the circle was even well established because mm-hmm. uh, we, the, I think the first mention that we heard of True You was when she was in her interview. Yeah, like, absolutely. explain True You. I was like, yes, please do. What is True You? And at the end, I still didn't really get the full concept of what True You is. I mean, I understand kind of. Obviously, they're making giant parallels to Google as far as being like a campus that you can live on and you never have to leave, and all of your amenities are consolidating all your social media in one place. But like, explain that, not have me go do research after the fact (laughs) and then realize what your review is. I think you know, for for the way I understood it, it's for everything: your bank accounts, Mm -hmm. your whole life. (laughs) <laughs> Even down to your political stuff by the end. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is like Google. You have Google Wallet now, which you can use to pay for everything. You can use it as a scanner at pretty much any like regular grocery store. Uh, Google has... They're trying to launch this Google platform that is like Facebook, but Google Plus kind of doesn't function that way yet. But I can see like the points they're driving at. And I was excited to see, especially for a lot of people in our generation, I think, our desire to work for these companies. Um, knowing that everything can be taken care of and that there's security. And then even to the point where they're like, oh, well, it's just one password. You don't have to remember anything at all. I like this idea of exploring that idea of becoming one with your technology. But they never get to that point because they only show it through her perspective, which is I'm a part of this company, and I am now its spokesperson, but we don't even really know how she feels about being the spokesperson. Like, as she as she's realizing she's being manipulated, we don't even get into her feelings about it. It's no. it's weird that none of these questions get answered. Yeah, here's the thing. I, I also say this, and I'm sure you guys echo the sentiment. Um, I never... I hate... T- being discouraging to movies like one of the reasons we do anatomy of movie is because we love movies we love talking about movies we feel that enough people don't necessarily go to the movies or see movies in general not at the movie theater even and so it pains me and every time i do go into a movie 
I pray that it is good. And even if it's not the best, I still don't necessarily mind because I know how much work went into it. And I'm just baffled by a movie like this because all I can't. It's it's too easy. And and but it's extremely hard to say anything really about like the acting, as you said. Like yeah. that's the only real thing that was good. I love right. Tom Hanks' character. I don't know how you guys felt about him, but he was so I engaging. He was good. I agree. Like I don't know about you, but like if if it wasn't for him doing the speeches that he gave, <laughs> I would have been out a long time ago. Yeah, his like TED Talk style engagement with the audience is super fun and exciting to watch. But then I, you get the sense that he's into some devious stuff, but we never broached that subject at all, and I have no idea why not. Like if he's your most fascinating character, if he's the one kind of driving the story. Wouldn't we want to see kind of? Were you guys at all interested to see like what it was he did that he was worried about? Well, exactly. Not to you know jump to the end, but um, might as well. <laughs> but well, like you, you talked about, like you you had the sense that he is somewhat corrupt and twisted, and like and he's running a, a dirty you know company. But like you never really get the answers of what exactly he's doing. What are they revealing in all these emails? And, and the the line he says, "Oh, we're fucked." Was like, well, show us what like what you you've been scheming, you know and like we never got those answers and that's what's unfortunate and Tom Hanks he's a great actor obviously and like the accolades that that guy has but I, I think his performance was great his long speeches TED Talks I he also reminded me of you know Steve Jobs and, mm. and now he explains technology and how everyone's so riveted for the future like this is what we're gonna see in technology that's great I thought it was such a great performance every time he, he spoke. But they didn't delve into his character, like, how twisted and how corrupt and that. Like, how corrupt is he in reflection of how corrupt the company is? We never really got that. Well, you know, um, in, in that way, like, if you're comparing Apple, Facebook, and let's say Google, let's take just those three. I'm sure you could throw in some others. But um, for the most part, right, I think, like, Facebook, Apple, and Google are a reflection of their CEOs. And I don't think, like, ultimately, like, regardless of whether or not you ultimately agree or disagree with Mark Zuckerberg or, you know, obviously we've seen a lot of movies about Steve Jobs just recently, maybe not the nicest person, but in terms of his mission statement and what he's trying to accomplish for the world, but you could, you know, you kind of objectively have to say, like, he was very passionate for what he was doing. Absolutely. Whereas, you know, Tom Hanks' character, (laughs) um, Bailey, he has a passion for ripping off the world. We assume, like we like we see him try to turn things into entertainment, which like invade people's privacy essentially for entertainment. Um, Manhunts, which the news often makes entertaining, um, but outside of that, he's blackmailing senators, I guess, which inherently sounds bad. But we don't know what they did or why he was blackmailing them or. If they were kind of coerced, like um, our main character was, into wearing the camera out of shame, like I would have loved to see how, like, what his tactics were and what his end goal was. Like, I understand there's a great financial value to getting everyone on your network, but there has to be a longer term goal than that. I assume. Well, that's that, that's yeah, I, I agree, but that's where the disconnect just happens because it is unclear. And unlike the three CEOs of those companies that I just mentioned, like, I don't see him being in that, pardon the pun, circle of yeah. people. I don't know. I just, I just could I didn't know a better word. <laughs> yeah, which was, you know, and, like, 
it, it would have been nice to get the answers from Eamon Bailey, but and but because we didn't, I was also expecting it out of Annie because she was technically higher up. She was within those meetings, and you can see her progression throughout the movie, like how fast she was deteriorating and degrading, knowing how corrupt this company is. Like, well, couldn't she have a moment then explaining <coughs> what the C- CEOs are doing if we're not going to get it from Bailey? And we didn't Certainly get it tie. from her. Yeah. Like, but, Ty, you started through you. Right. Give me some answers. Be the true you that I know you can truly be. <laughs> See, but that's the problem. There were so many people high up in the position that could have given us answers of what the hell was happening, mm. but we didn't get them from anybody. That's why I was frustrated. I think maybe the my biggest issue with the movie is I don't know where Annie stands on anything either. At first, it seems as though she's like, okay, we understand that she's excited about the company and the company's uh, perceived mission and goals. Then... We see that her friend is kind of not doing so hot, but she's counteracting that. She, she's, you know, they clearly have a difference of opinion. She thinks the company can work. But by the end, it seems that she's, like, both anti-privacy and pro-not-secrets. Like, I, I have no idea why she felt it was better for everybody to be open and have zero secrets when it killed her friend. And we don't see how she wants to resolve that. Like, how does having more cameras in people's face allow them the space to live their lives if that's what they want to do? I, we, how, how do you have a character with no goals? I don't understand. Yeah, to be honest, like, I actually find the notion of, like, the fact that they posed that, I was actually very intrigued because I, I actually, I don't know, um, without, I, without having done basically any research towards it, I love the notion of, like, no secrets, no lies, like, can create a better you. Mm. Um, now, how do you do that? Obviously, you know, the the means of which the execution are debatable, but, I, you know, I love the idea of, like, okay, yeah, there's a certain amount of transparency. And I actually, you know, I do think there is that, 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 that the notion could actually help. But you're right. We didn't get nothing further than that. Mm-hmm. I'm frustrated. Um, let's talk about Mercer. Um because other constraint. The oh, only yeah. thing I recognized him was I was like, oh, it's Boyhood. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> totally. poor boy from Boyhood. But even his character, I mean, I felt bad for him because you saw how technology ruined his life, and yeah. he didn't even want anything a part of it. It was because he was like through osmosis, through you know, uh, uh, May that he got involved in this world. But I felt bad for him because they kept calling him Deer Killer. I was like, oh no. And then when he not to jump ahead with his character, Boberg. We're getting there. Um, when the, the, that whole chase scene, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, you know, it's going to end badly. Yeah. You just, the, it, it built up to all these predictable moments. Again, I thought that that was another thing in this film that made me upset. <laughs> that, like, I could call out all these beats that I was expecting. Well, what I've learned, and I, I wish I had some actual books to recommend, but um, I'm learning a lot about the, the idea of moralism in today's day and age because of social um, social media. Like, everyone everyone has a sense of judgment, and it's not even that the fact that it's judgment, it's the fact that it comes from a place of moralism. I know what's right, and I know what's wrong, and, you, and that's it. And that's not how it works, Mm-mm. to be honest. It's not. Um, and I'm a firm believer that you actually shouldn't ever have judgment. You can evaluate certain things, mm. Um, but that doesn't mean you can quite understand them or, or so forth. And so in, in the case of Mercer, um, yeah, it sucks. Like, I, I think there's a side to it where if you choose not to participate in something, then you should not 
be sucked into it, you know, and that shouldn't be a bad thing. Um, obviously, he had no choice in participation whatsoever. And the fact that people didn't see... Like, I want to get you guys' perspectives. The fact that people didn't see that... that they Like, yes, I understand the fugitive thing was a little <laughs> bit shocking. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you could... Okay, they're a fugitive. Whereas mm-hmm. Mercer, he's like, please don't do this to me. Mm-hmm. And they're just fucking going after him like he's a fugitive. People love, like, star stalking. And we've seen it a lot with, like... You can even trace it all the back. TMZ. Like, That's yeah. all what TMZ is. Absolutely. And the idea... And the more you want to be hidden, the more people want to see your face and see what you're doing. Um, especially when they have easy access to literally everyone on the planet. I just feel like... Not that, <laughs> he had a total right to want to go hide in the woods. But by doing so, I think he created a, a real hunger for people to seek him out. That he didn't create. It was other yeah. people that wanted it. Absolutely. No, again, no, just like J.D. Salinger. J.D. Salinger wrote a book that was really good. And then he was like, I don't like people. I'm just going to go live in the woods. And people keep going up to his house because they're like, we need to see J.D. Salinger. Like, who are you? You've created this mystery. And now we want to know more about you. Oh, people. Don't worry about your own <laughs> freaking lives. Well, yeah. <laughs> Please. Um, I don't know, Marissa. You want to expand upon your answer? uh, Well, I I think it's more so that I was just upset that Mercer could have been, like, that consistent friend. Mm. Um, And it was just upsetting that, you know, of course, like, they started off great and then they had their, you know, um, tryst. And then he goes off on his ways and you you knew that they were going to separate at some point. Um, But it was just unfortunate the way he died because... Even her justification of coming back to work and be like, just because, or like her whole line, um, just because there was a plane crash doesn't mean you avoid planes. You just make them safer. Like, mm-hmm. um, okay, go with this. Now, actually, you now apply it to the circle. We didn't see that. No, and that, and that's what I was frustrated. It's like, how are you going to make the system better if you're still going to use it? And we never saw it. We never saw the improvement. Mm-hmm. We never saw how the how the company got better if we got rid of Eamon or you know mm-hmm. it's like what did you actively do to make this company safer and the last frame contradicts that statement like you have two drones hovering above her where she's just trying to like float lazily in a lake like how is that better and how, that doesn't provide any privacy for anyone <laughs> well here's the I don't think like you know in that moment ironically to me it's not even necessarily like a privacy moment it's just the idea of tranquility. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily mind if people know that I'm doing something or I'm I'm, I'm at somewhere. But just let me have the peace to do so. That's it. Um, so that's what I, I, I did find interesting. I think, um, unless I'm making this up, and I could very well be <laughs> because this movie was just everywhere. Didn't they try to solve that by, like, having the cars... Be a little bit safer. The bridges be but a little bit safer. That wasn't something she was involved in. Like that was. They were like, uh, oh, yeah, after that's a that. PR stunt of like, oh, we killed someone live on the thing, just <laughs> like with Facebook Live. Like, oh, well, now we'll we'll have people come in and observe and make sure things are okay. Um, and so they were going to put bumpers on all the cars, and now they know where all the cars are. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was like a. Um, yeah, yeah, you are right. They, they, they did show them almost like this is what could have happened. Mm. You know, but now because it didn't do that, now let's do this. Yeah, I, mean, I get it. But again, like you said, she wasn't part of that. We didn't actually see them go through it. Yeah, and, and that's why I, I guess to your guys' continued point, 
you know, is Bailey really that bad? Like, he's... The, the idea of, like, just even um, her drinking, like, a serum where it understands her body more. Mm-hmm. Not technically bad. Like, isn't... Wouldn't you want to know, like, at the earliest sign of cancer or any other sort of disease of, like, hey, you got this. Let's get this fixed right away. At times, I thought the movie was trying to make a point about following <laughs> leaders blindly because, like, they have a good... Up front, they've got good technology. They can use it in positive ways. But if you're not keeping tabs of how that's being used, um, now you're blackmailing senators. It seemed at one point they maybe had a government takeover kind of strategy or control strategy. But we never got into their goals and objectives, and she never confronted them about them. Other than to say, now you wear the camera and be involved in the cloud. I don't know. Yeah, well, also, you know, going back to to the medical substance that she took and even getting her parents on the family mm-hmm. plan um, for that life insurance health plan, I, I wanted to see, like, the circle technology help solve her father's MS. Like, I was expecting, like, oh, this is the, because I think I saw in the trailer, I was like, oh, she's joining this company so she can better her, her family mm-hmm. and because she has more resources available to her. And yet that that wasn't even answered either. It's like, yeah, it's just another fun technology that they had, but literally played no part in this film. Well, they were able to have sex. That's a big thing. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> we saw it due to that technology, but we didn't see, like, any medical enhancements or advancements within <laughs> within this technology. Yeah, they like, just told us yeah, at you're, one point. Yeah, you're carrying another Apple Watch. Good for you. <laughs> you know? It, was, it looked more like a Fitbit, but all right, mm. great. Everyone has one of those. Yeah, it was a uh, it was it was a lot of tell don't show type of moments throughout. Um, from what I understand, I mean, you know, the book overall, though not great. I mean, uh, from what I read, it received like a sixty six percent from critics. The book itself, um, so it's not that much better than this. Um, however, it has a lot more love stories, a lot more connection, and. And dives a little bit deeper into the various things. And I'll talk about the differences between the endings. Um, so, yeah, it, it just seemed like this took sort of moments from the book and just very surface level everything. Which, by the way, uh, one of my jokes is, from now on, I will never mind when the evil villain lays out their plan <laughs> in a movie. Because you know what? I wish he did yes, that. Yes, truly. Well, I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you. That would help solve a lot of questions. Um, certainly. Uh, I, speaking of the parents, when they decide to no longer participate in sea change, or whatever you want to call it, ultimately, um, what was their full reasoning? Was it literally just the fact that they were caught? having sex they at one point say we feel like you don't know what you've gotten yourself into and maybe they became uncomfortable with that much public access to their private lives but i don't it's not really made clear and also everybody still has a phone from the circle company and we've seen that they have (coughs) access to everything and cameras that can hide in places so what makes you think that you're no longer being observed i mean she even has that conversation with her friend at the end with Annie, where she's like, oh, hey, are we alone? And she's like, yeah, you know, of course we're alone. It's like, you're still on your circle phone. Right, I can (laughs) see the logo right in the corner. There's no way they're not tracking this. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, Well, to to answer your point about the parents, I think it was also, again, through osmosis, like, they got more attention that that they didn't sign themselves up for. Mm -hmm. And people, they were being scrutinized by the whole world just because 
they knew May, and I think it was more so like it was invasion of privacy. Plus, you saw it throughout the film, like every time she'd finally talk to the parents, it's like, oh, it's been so long, it's been a month, it's been X, Y, and Z. So you can tell, like, even the distance between the parents and and May were, were was getting longer and longer every time they talked to each other. Disconnect through connection. Well, you know, ironically, like I think the way to I, I don't honestly know the, the exact steps, but the way to solve kind of bridge both have privacy but at the same time be fully transparent is when people realize that everyone everyone else's lives are just as equally boring and exciting as your own <laughs> so you don't need to watch other people to be excited mm. it's there if you want it but just no just live your own freaking life is what the message is ultimately and just be transparent blah blah blah. i yeah. don't know well you even had that moment when may was like hey, this is me brushing my teeth if you guys are into that kind of thing i'm like yeah i wouldn't want to watch you brush your teeth but some people are riveted by this this is great entertainment who yeah. who was riveted by this? Stalkers, stalkers. Yeah, well, like there was constant messages, no matter what time mm-hmm. of the day she was talking to. There was one that really freaked me out. It's like May is my best friend, and it's kind <laughs> yeah, of sad. And I was like, oh one. my god, get help, person on the under, other end of this message. Uh, I kind of liked the way we saw the. I mean, we've seen movies do this for a while, where they're showing text messages and tweets on the screen, but the content in these seemed uh, pretty genuine and kind of terrifying at different points in time which like I just love watching me sleep like ew weird <laughs> and then there were some in different languages like I have no idea what they're saying they could be saying mm-hmm. something really expletive right now but we don't know yeah um, I didn't quite the, the, I didn't quite understand the handles or whatever because I think there was like no offense if you kind of pay attention i'd love to do this again i think there's multiple ones of the same thing i was like wait is that their handle or is that something else because if it's their handle this one person is commenting eight thousand <laughs> times can they make up another handle um Maybe. that's a small nitpick for me but um i also want to get your guys' take uh and a lot of people have so- sort of written about this but i'll call it the office space need more flair scene <laughs> when they come and they said well it's optional to participate in the weekend's activities but we noticed you didn't participate oh okay so i need to participate more it's no. optional <laughs> but yeah no <laughs> um this scene it, it because you know it led to another moment where it was like totally ironic now while you watch the whole film uh, when she finally does go to participate and try mm-hmm. to have a social life, and then she has the line like "Don't drink the Kool Aid," and then ironically she drinks the most yes. Kool Aid out of everyone and just like she's serving the, the Kool Aid. I know she she's making the Kool Aid. That's Truly. what she's doing. But it, it's just it was <coughs> weird to see her try to finally socialize with the people who were like kind of forcing her to socialize with, and then drinking all the Kool Aid to service these people. It, it, it was just a weird connection of, like, why are you doing this? The front half of this movie is so good, I almost want someone to just redo the back half and be like, no, we can make this mean something. The 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 cultural identity of certain companies, I worked for Grubhub for a long time, and it's exactly like this. Like, on Friday, like, we have beer day, there's a keg, we're going to tap it, we're pour beers, it'll be fun. Uh, but don't drink too much. Like, be aware of, like, how many people are watching you. And it's like, then why are we serving beer at work on lunch, like, on our time? Like, maybe just wait and do it outside of the event. No, you should definitely go participate, but, like, just, you know, don't have, like, a full beer. 
why are we here? Like, who is this for? Um, and and then to have the two numbers up that she has to maintain. One is for her customers, and one is for her like her ranking within the company. And to not show the challenges of that, of that trying to have like a good work-life balance, which is something I think a lot of people are currently struggling with. When you can do everything at work, you're expected to work at like, just be at work 24-7, essentially. Um, and we don't get to see... We only see it from afar with Annie, and we don't really get to understand how it's affecting her directly until she's like, oh, yeah, I guess I almost died because I was overdosing on drugs. When did you do drugs, Annie? Why didn't we see that? <laughs> like, so confused. Uh, I will... T- one of the greatest things I took away from this, and I swear to God, I am, I'm figuring it out here, but the gamification of work. Mm. Uh. And if I can gamify work... The amount of increased results I feel like I could get. <laughs> well, I mean, like, that's why people make workouts fun. You Like, the whole Zumba. Mm-hmm. And why, like, workout programs and gaming systems are like, let's work out, but have fun and play music. You know, that because it does make it more productive and progressive within, you know, all your, all your you know, work and ingenuity. And um, But, like, I understand that. If you want to make it more fun, sure. Let's see how that works out for you. Because statistically, it does work. Well, I'm going to... But this is, like... I, I don't know. This is my I, where my mind literally went. But but I thought that was a very clever thing. And it just got me thinking. Because if you can really... You know, I mean, that, all these sort of games, they literally have, like, addict experts helping them out. Because it is much like gambling. Mm-hmm. And so the more you can do it of, like, oh, I get this experience points or I get this bonus thing or whatever. It's all just bullshit made up within the game that doesn't actually mean anything. And the sick and twist, not the sick and twisted side, but I do think like there's a way to do this for work and really get something out of people. So. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The pleasure sensor of your brain is going off and it makes you want to work harder and achieve more. Like most people are like, oh, it's just like such a labor to get through work. Like I just go, and I try to get through my day, and then I get to go home and have fun. But if you're having fun at work, then you know, then your whole life is good. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my next big life project. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> gamification. So true. Um, all right, I know we've been jumping every which way. I don't. To be honest, it's a circle. We're going around and around the circle. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys even want to talk about next? Oh man. Uh, well, we talked about Annie and her parents. <laughs> Wait. Okay. So you said earlier, love interest. Who was supposed to be her love interest? Okay, so in the book, there's uh, Ty becomes a love interest. Um, there's another character that they don't have here that is a love interest. And obviously Mercer was an ex-love. Um, so they spend a lot of time within the book on the love interest. The book is about like 500 and let's say 20 to 500, let's say 530 pages, give or take. Hmm. Uh, so it's quite a lengthy novel, you know. I just... You you get touches of it with Mercer, with the parents clearly being like. At first, I was curious, like, is that her brother? Like, why are the parents having the secret conversation with dude across the fence? Um, the boy next door. Right, exactly. But then we never get to see what that relationship was or meant to either of them. And then I thought that something was gonna happen with Ty. Cause clearly, she's flirting with him when she goes up to him, and they're like, it's a good conversation. And then in the back half of the film, his role just completely unravels. Like at first, I, I thought he was gonna like try to take the company down, like. We'll put like a, I was like expecting Matrix. Like we'll just corrupt a file and it'll shut down the entire system. Something. Um, 
I kind of did you guys miss the love story? Did you wish there was one in there? Like I didn't think it was necessary, but at the same time, then those characters become kind of weird. Yeah, I think they set up Mercer to be that potential love story, but never fell through with it. Mm. And um, also with like the development of Ty, he was just a mysterious guy who kind of could have been a quote-unquote romantic relationship because I felt they created a friendship and not a romantic one. Mm. So, like, they introduced these guys into her lives and into the audiences that you think she could be paired up with someone, but never went through with any of them. Well, it's sort of like, just, I didn't need the love story, but what I needed was Ty, like, you're, you, you have these problems with the company, you know exactly how the company works. Why don't you formulate a game plan of any sort and say, hey, Listen, I can't do it by myself, but May, you know, you're now a part of this. Can you help me out? I would have liked to have seen him even just confront May. Like, he's, he's disappointed that she started drinking the coolie, but then he never, like, pulls her aside and is like, the hell are you doing? Yeah, like, what right. happened? Yeah, I, I was expecting that moment to be like, oh, what happened? Um, but also, I think, like, the only reason why, like, they set up this potential friendship was that supposedly he's the one that helped her at the end yeah. to reveal all the emails. Like, Great. Anyone could have done that. Mm, I think he's a very good hacker. Well, here's the interesting <laughs> part. So, in the book, spoiler if you don't, if you plan on reading the book, um, in the book, uh, she tricks Ty into thinking that she's going to work together with him and then basically outs him. That's a great story! <laughs> Why didn't we get There's that? There's some drama. Yeah, like, I, I thought the whole moment when they're like, let's find a regular citizen. I was like, let's find this Thai guy who's yeah. literally in the room with I you guys. I thought that was going to happen, too. Oh, come like, on. No, to I be was fair, expecting... I thought when they said Mercer, because of the just the way the movie went, I thought his name was Ty Mercer. Uh... Uh, so I thought they were like, oh, that's why she's starring. Because she, they kept um, they kept cutting to him, right? So visually, yeah. mm-hmm. just through visual language alone, they kept cutting to him as if, like, crap, I don't want to out this guy. And and it was that moment also, you know, she, she's being, quote, transparent. And even, even just earlier before, she says to Bailey, yeah, you know, she tells him the secret, like, I went in your office and that's the big secret. Doesn't it feel better? So you would, you would have thought at that point, like, okay, she's kind of half lying because she's still got this one big secret that she knows the identity of that guy. And so I thought... Oh shit! We got some tension here. Well, especially because they're holding in the end was like, "I'm done with secrets and lies," and he was like, "I'm off the grid and I want to be found and I just want to live in this world." Like, what? People are gonna find you, dude. Conflict would have really helped this film. <laughs> Anything would have. No, I was this expecting film. them to find Ty and had the whole big reveal be like, "Oh, everyone's there and they all know your secret now." Yeah, absolutely. That would have caused the tension for like the third act. Absolutely. You know? Um, all right. Well, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, let's move on to more production. Because I, 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 I just can't bash a movie for this long. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know, Marissa, you actually found a lot of uh, stuff yeah, about so, this. So they began the principle of photography on the September 11, 2015. 15. So uh, Emma Watson went from Beauty and the Beast to this film. And then they actually did reshoots in January of 2017. So like oh my God. four months ago, they did reshoots for this movie. So they were still working on this film fairly recently. Um, I and, can understand why. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of technology and different angles that they had to, to film. But I'm just surprised that they did reshoots so recently mm. to be in this film. 
I'm curious of what they were trying to reshoot to make better. Like, right. like what was left out? Well, the whole movie, they couldn't. Right? They couldn't. Um, they should film in Pasadena, which is very close to LA. Like, I, I could see that Pasadena is a, a beautiful area. And, um, you know, like, I think there were moments of the, um, I forget what they are, but uh, the gardens. Mm. Um, and th- there's a place in Pasadena that I think it was shot at. Um, so it. Like, in terms of the campus and everything, it looked beautiful. Mm, yeah. Uh, make no bones about that. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and but, that's uh, the production designer, Matthew Labatique. Um, they actually went to a lot of different uh, campuses to get the architectural design down for... They they wanted the actual circle to literally be in a circle, circular design. Cool. So I'm like, oh, you can kind of see it. I mean, I don't think there was ever really an overhead shot of the whole entire you know, work campus there, but you can tell the, the formation was all in a circle. Mm-hmm. Like a fort. What are you getting yourself into? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I rather enjoy Like, from a production standpoint, it really was beautiful to watch. Um, but at the same time, like, it just had that weird disconnect, though, too. Because you sort of get back into the real world, right? Like, like when you go to Google, because I've been to Google, yes, it's a different world, but it still feels like a part of the actual world. Mm-hmm. Versus this, it seems separate of the actual world. And I was like, okay, you have such high-tech stuff here, and yet when we go back to your parents, it's as low-tech as we can get. It's just a huge disconnect that I didn't love. Yeah. Well, even the color scheme, like, completely different. Every time she went home, it was, like, a warmer, more earthy kind of tone colors, mm-hmm. where when you went to the circle, it was very technology, very, like... Kind of color chromatic. You had the red, but you also had like silver and like Lots technology blues, yeah. type of um, chrome in it. And everything was sleek and modern. It was like uh, they also did it in the research for the production design, you know. Um, when they went to different places for uh, the research, there was like treadmills and open spaces like outdoors when they served meals and like you know, what it looks like in an office space. But that's still open, even with the the glass windows, they wanted transparency, quote unquote, um, every time you went to the circle. Anything, anything production wise for you, Joel? Oh, I mean, yeah, the sets looked nice. <laughs> her room kind of looked like a, a high-tech prison cell because there's just zero personality. It's yeah. like none of her in it, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but yeah, no. See, when I was talking to people um, about this movie, you know, off camera, I felt like this was one long episode of Black Mirror. That's what my brother was saying. But it, no, it was a long episode of Black Mirror that would that didn't end right, <laughs> that didn't end properly. But even episodes, if you guys have ever seen Black Mirror, go watch it. It's amazing. Um, but it's very technology driven type of you know anthology. Uh, anthology stories, but there there's episodes where you know they're in their own room and it's there's no personality. Mm-hmm. It's just like a cell block more so. Yeah, that's what her room looked like. Well, there's a lot of great articles um, just on the comparison whether that Mr. Robot, even Silicon Valley, and obviously the way those shows get it correct versus they just make the comparison now this just completely failed on every level. I think mm-hmm. there was an IndieWire article about how social media movies are really hard to get right, as you were saying at the top of the show. Technology moves fast, and I 
I guess I, I kind of expected that this was going to be more about the culture that we build around our like our tech communities, um, kind of like a Silicon Valley does. And I was, I was, I was a little shocked, but I was also kind of like again, maybe just watch the first like forty five minutes of the movie and then like make up an ending in your head, and you'll be really happy with the film. I, I like the questions that it asked and. I liked the way that it approached trying to look at millennial life and and how we interact with our cell phones, um, even to the point where they're having that very private fight in the middle of the lobby. And instead of just kind of, like, putting your head down and walking past it, everyone takes a second to stop and turn and film it. Um, It's, like, potential great social commentary that just falls flat. Yeah, I I would tend to agree. Um, Where was I going with this? I don't know. I forget. Um... Doing technology right. I think, I mean, yeah. we covered another film that co- I think covered technology well was um, Nerve. When we Nerve, talked about yeah. the, the live streaming and how everyone, like, is so uh, captivated by watching, you know, live events and, you know, that builds the tension. And I think, yeah, the, I think they built that in this episode, or episode, that this, this <laughs> movie that they show like what it's like to watch people and how we find that as entertainment and I think Nerve did that well and that wasn't that long ago either. Yeah, and the strength of that movie too was it had two central characters that we were rooting for overall, and then it, it kind of went through there. And um, like I said, I think you know one of the things that they pointed out in the articles that I'm talking about is just you have to establish really strong characters, and then. The differences between the actual technology that exists in their world and our world becomes minute because then you understand it. But when that's sort of the crux of what you're trying to talk about versus what the characters are really going through, it's very difficult. Um, Infinite Jest is, to me, one of the greatest books ever. And I I actually applaud um, David Foster Wallace, who wrote it, for anticipating kind of where things are. Now, they didn't turn out exactly like he predicted, but... Still, nonetheless, like there's a fascination with um, with a um, with just you know entertainment and technology and all these things in the book, but because the, you know it's filtered through the characters and you get their passions and their reactions to it, um, it works. If it was just strictly saying like here's where technology is headed, <laughs> it doesn't, and that's what this kind of was. Yeah, you need a solid frame. You need characters you care about, um, and I think what's really missing, especially for a movie about not hiding things and and being transparent is it's missing emotional connections. I don't feel like May cares for anyone around her. She calls her parents, but it seems like out of a duty because her father is sick. She doesn't support Annie even when she's not looking well. Uh, when her friend dies, she's basically like, I'll just go back to this company and not really do anything. Um, I, I think that relationships of any kind, platonic or otherwise, would have really supported that foundation. Yeah. Well, real f- before we continue, I want to tell you guys about a company that actually that cares. And they yes. care quite a lot, actually. Uh, Blue Apron. They are a sponsor for this episode. Um, they're a great sponsor. They've sponsored us in the past. And so um, we want to tell them about you, um, to you guys. So Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. What's great about it, how often do you go shopping, you want to cook, you buy all the stuff, and then... You know, one of the things you end up using only like an eighth of, and then the rest of it just molds and rots in your fridge. No fun. Secondly, you never know really what to cook. 
Um, so with Blue Apron, you select from a menu of various culinary choices. You say, okay, I'm vegetarian, or I like chicken, I like pork, I like beef, whatever you like. You select it, and they start to handcraft and send you these meals with all the right ingredients. They have partnerships with over 150 local farms, um, fisheries, and ranches across the U.S., so you get fresh fresh food. Um, and also, it's less than $10 per meal, per person. So think about every time you go to a restaurant, how expensive that can be. Mm. Not fun. As up quick. <laughs> As a very quick. Um, so definitely not a, not a high price to pay, especially for this. And you know what? Talk about, we're talking about all these relationships and things like that. Well, guess what? It builds bonds. When you cook together, it really bonds you together. Whether you're family, whether you're friends, doesn't matter. Um, I've done it a couple times with uh, my friends, and uh, it always ends up being a fun time. A couple of meals that are featured this month of May, beef teriyaki stir-fry, baked spinach and eggplant flatbread, uh, Marissa, uh, this one's for you, three cheese, Marissa loves her cheese, Mm -hmm. and broccoli, (laughs) um, crispy salmon and roasted potato salad, so much good stuff. And the nice part is, um, as I said, they're affordable. There's variety, they're flexible, they're easy, and you're guaranteed freshness. So, uh, you know, now that we've told you about them, here's the payoff for you as one of our dedicated and loyal listeners or watcher. Check out, um, go to blue, to, go to blueapron.com, check them out, pick out what you want, and get the first three meals absolutely free that includes shipping. All you have to do is use the promo code Anatomy by going to blueapron.com slash anatomy. So make sure to do that. It's the name of the show that you, that you love and you listen to. Um, that's how you reap the benefits of Blue Apron by going to blueapron.com slash anatomy. So thank you, Blue Apron. Um, all right. Um, I was floored by the fact that Danny Elfman did the music for this. So was I. Yeah. I. I didn't notice it until the credits, you know, because I, I, I didn't. I think there were some moments in this movie that, like, it was apparent there was, there was no music, mm-hmm. especially when, like, I, I think it was when, like, she went away and she had a conversation with Annie. I noticed there was, like, no sound other than their conversation. But, um, I, but, but there were other moments when she's actually in the circle, and then I think the moment I, this was like the moment I like really first noticed it when Eamon Bailey gave his first speech about the whole sea change. Yeah, that was kind of magical. And then like halfway in the in his speech, there was a moment where like everyone just starts applauding, and then the music just builds. I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. It was great. Yeah, I. I- I think those moments, the, the TED Talk moments, as we've been referring to them, uh, have this like kind of whimsy to them, which is very Danny Elfman. But I feel like when you hire Danny Elfman, you kind of want his personality like all over the place, and it felt very subdued and kind of like anyone else could have stepped in and, and done a, a similar job. Um, I kind of missed his personality throughout here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually liked the music. Um, I thought it worked well overall, but yeah, it didn't have that full theme that that we've come to expect from Danny Elfman, um, which on a side note, these TED Talk pieces, I think if, if you're if you want to learn about how to give presentations, <laughs> if nothing else, that's, this movie's great for that as a learning tool. Yeah, their backdrops were stunning. Even the the creepy one, the last one they did, where uh, basically it's a spy network, 
but it's just a circle of dots and like soul search. Soul, soul search. Yeah, gra- I mean their marketing department is fantastic. Phenomenal circles. That's wonderful. Who knew? First, <laughs> like, tell me like their graphic designs in their presentations no, wasn't spot it was on. Like, like it was fantastic. I noticed it because you know uh, I'm big into motion graphics and stuff. But like their presentation is just like something as so simple as a circle fading in and out, going around and around, literally in a circle. It's captivating. <laughs> I loved it. And the Soul like, Search or Sea Change, like yeah. great titles, but, great like, titles. And you notice in like graphic design because I'm a minor in graphic design. Like, like you'll notice how simple circles are, but like how often you can use them in so many different ways. And they used it to the simplest versions in this movie that look super easy and cool to watch. Even her like little camera pin thing. It was yeah. like very elegant and simple and beautiful. It looked like a washer. You yeah. Know? Like from like a tool washer thingy, you know? <laughs> I don't know what you call it. I it's do called graphic the washer. washer. Yeah, you got it. I do graphic designing, not tool <laughs> mechanics. But yeah, so, but you saw the different types of because you know there, there's always like the running joke in the X Men movies: how many times can you count the X's? Yes. This movie was how many times can you count the circles? A lot. The answer is you can't because as as, um, as Bailey shows us, like here's a photo of whatever the country was, no cameras, but here's all the cameras. <laughs> circle, mm-hmm. circle, circle. Um. All right. Well, in terms of uh, box office numbers, I had to be a Latin lover. Just made love with audiences everywhere <laughs> and took it. the money right out of this. Which, by the way, like it didn't have um, a lot of strong movies to go up against. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious is still out, or Fate of the Furious. Mm-hmm. Um, but How to Be a Latin Lover came out. Um, Bahuli. The Bollywood film that did really great last week. The conclusion and slight um, all came out, and this movie—I mean, for its star power, it should have—it should have not crushed, but at least like fifteen, twenty million. Yeah, I definitely expected it to walk away with number one, the box office, just that weekend. Maybe it would come in number two to Fate of the Furious. Uh, I was not expecting either of the other two movies to just dominate it but maybe people were on to something <laughs> the people knew where to go I guess I've not seen How to Be a Latin Lover yet so I can't I can't yeah. say how good it and is and in fairness How to Be a Latin Lover has like a pretty strong lineup itself from the comedic standpoint mm. but it's just unfortunate that like Emma Watson she's a great actress and been in obviously humongous movies like Beauty and the Beast. She's coming <laughs> literally from Beauty and the Beast, which crossed the billion mark mm. <laughs> of this year alone. To have this follow up with that is just unfortunate. Um, but I don't think it'll deter her from anything. No. But I, I think, but you, but you also had the powerhouse of Tom Hanks. It's, yeah. It's, so, like, Emma Watson covers the demographic of the demographic that'd be interested in watching this film, you know, with the millennials and technology, and Tom Hanks just has the older demographic that'd be interested in watching his movies. So, it should, yeah, I should have made a lot more. Boss Baby beat it, too. Oh, Jesus. To be fair, Baby. Boss Baby is a great movie. That was a fun movie. Also, it's animated, so you always have the kids going in there, which will help with its box office. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, like, people would be allowed to tweet for this movie. <laughs> Like in the theater? Yeah, why not? Let him do it. Well, I mean, they say at the beginning of the movie, turn your cell phones off. So, I'd if I saw someone live tweeting this movie, I'd be mad at them. 
I'd be happy for them. <laughs> Go to an AMC, sit all the way in the back where yeah. no one can see you. So you're not distracting others. You can do it. Fine. <laughs> Get this movie, maybe some some. I mean, yeah, just box office to not do. Uh, we talk a lot about like an A represents cinema score wise good word of mouth. Hmm. When you get D plus, that's negative word of mouth. Yeah, like it's one thing to have like a B or C where it's like, eh, I'm not going to tell you to not see. It. I'm not going to tell you to go see it. I'm just going to be neutral. A D plus, I feel, is like don't go see that fucking piece of shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what an F is. <laughs> oh, <goodness>. Non-existent. <laughs> um, here's a couple of uh, reviews. Rolling Stone. The circle feels dull, dated, ripped from yesterday's headlines. It flatlines <laughs> while you're watching it. Um, Rotten Tomatoes writes, The circle assembles an impressive cast, but this digitally driven thriller spins aimlessly in its half-hearted ex- exploration of timely themes. <coughs> um, and the wrap. The main problem with the the circle is that the evil of the tech companies made so obvious right from the start, and so on and so on. True. But but what was the evil? What were in those emails? Release the emails so we can read them. (laughs) It's just this notion here. It's just the notion that, you know, in this political climate, if you will, that corporations are evil and therefore, like, it's not anything that they've done. It's just that they're inherently evil and... Mm. No, I disagree. There's companies that are good. There's companies that are bad. And that's it. And, again, like, whether or not you love Facebook, Google, or Apple, those CEOs are very passionate. And I don't think they're, you know, coercing people or whatever. I don't. Um, And I think that's where the disconnect between the movie and... And if they are, we should see it in the movie so that I can understand why you were evil. Because yes. you're robbing us of your opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, I mean, it's as if it's as if you made a Donald Trump movie today, and you included none of the Russian, none mm. of the Russian stuff. Like it's like what? What are we talking really? about? What are we doing here? You missed a big plot point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will give this movie is it gives Karen Gillan like a space to shine. Uh, if you're going to see Guardians of the Galaxy this week, she plays Nebula. Uh, she plays Annie in this movie. Um, she's, even though you have no idea why anything is happening to her, she is stunning in this movie. When she starts her downward spiral, it's so evident and clear right off the bat. And she's a lot of fun to watch. And I'm hoping that this maybe gives her some, like somebody sees her in this and wants to put her in, in more lead roles. Because I think she's a great actress. Yeah, I know. Mm. Again, the acting is not the problem with the movie. No. No. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Let's start with numerous as Other than the fact, I think this movie could have benefited if they developed the characters a lot more. Um, I mean, the the questions are there. Obviously, we're talking about it at the end of this film. I think the character development could have been better. Therefore, it could have, like, driven the plots and the storylines even better. Visually, it was fun to watch, and I said that. Like, technology... Pretty cool. The graphic designing, pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, char- character development is where the characters died. I hope this becomes like a great cult classic film where it's just a great party drinking game. Count the circles, get a beer, take a sip every time you see a circle. Don't do this with hard liquor. You will die. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but you have a lot of fun with the movie that way. Uh, enjoy looking at beautiful Emma Watson and seeing Tom Hanks be kind of curmudgeon but also just still beautiful and sweet Tom Hanks. And you'll have a good time with the film. Um, there, there's um, 
there's a thing if you look it up it's called Dear Reader um, someone did it for the first Harry Potter movie where it's like you, you play this piece of narration as you watch the first Harry Potter movie you sync the two up and it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I want somebody to do the same thing for this. So that way, because um, this isn't really a spoiler, but with the Dear Reader for Harry Potter, the first movie, he basically changes a lot of the storylines while still maintaining what's happening on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it would be fun to kind of see what they could develop at the end of this movie. Especially, like, just even as simple as, like, Tom Hanks, when he when he looks to to, uh, to his, his compadre, and he could, instead of saying, like, oh, we're fucked, he could say, oh, man, I wish I hadn't posted all those nudie pics. Like, just anything! <laughs> anything! Call my hooker. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, there you have it. Please have some, yeah, if nothing else, have some fun with this movie, because at this point, that's all you can really have with it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, where can people chat with you. Hey guys, I've been Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique every week at blackgirlnerds.com. Head over to the site right now. You can check my review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Wednesdays I was on Schmo's Nose where we also talked Guardians of the Galaxy um, and then today I think my review, interview with W. Camel Bell from CNN's United Shades of America drops on the BGN podcast. So be sure to check those out. There you go. You can follow me on Twitter at SarahFeenyTV. Serafini TV. Serafini TV. Your volume just went so low. <laughs> I I'm people. listening to the song. Is it like I enjoyed this end credit song because I love Simple Gifts. That's like one of my favorite songs ever. And then I heard this like technological version of it. So I'm like, I'm just crank it music. up. Crank it up, Anthony. Yeah, Give me a little bit more bass. There you go. Boom. Uh, follow us here at the Popcorn Talk. Um, for past anatomies, check us out. We've done plenty, plenty of them. And uh, we've got a lot of great stuff coming up. And we do have Guardians of the Galaxy coming out. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming, Baby Driver, yeah. so on and so forth. So we many covered great Nerve. We covered Nerve. We covered Beauty and the Beast. There you go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you guys as always. And uh, check me out at philsvitek.com. Thank you guys. Uh, please comment. Let us know your opinion of the movie. And and I would, for anyone who actually did enjoy the movie, please comment. I promise, I can't necessarily speak on behalf of other fans, but I won't necessarily berate you. I'm very curious to see what you actually did like about the movie, if you did. And, uh, you know, I think that's what makes this fun. You can disagree with us. Um, this just happened to be a movie that we very much disliked as a panel, but that doesn't mean you can't like it. So, anyway, bye for now. of the anatomy of a movie staff we would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show if you have any questions or comments feel free to email or tweet us i'm sir richard wentworth and this has been anatomy of a movie